Hi, it's Kylie Mojadidi, your host of Kylie Says. If you've landed here, then you might be somewhat like me, a busy mom of two kids working in the corporate world, used to the hustle culture that comes along with your day-to-day. But you might also be spiritually curious and into things like human design, yoga, meditation, past lives, manifestation, and more. But maybe like me, you don't really feel like you have a tribe that you can connect to and talk to openly about these topics. Because let's face it, sometimes they can be a little woo-woo. Here, I cut the bullshit and talk about my experience in my current spiritual awakening. What that looks like to do it still fully employed at a corporate job. What it looks like to be a mom of two raising a family in the Bay Area, one of the fastest paced places in the world. And what it looks like to kind of figure out who the hell I am in my mid-30s. Come and join us. I think we'll have more fun together. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. I am so excited for today's episode. I met Alexis through the human design course that I'm taking. It's a six-month program to ultimately be able to better understand your human design and how you can incorporate it into your day-to-day. And then I'm also working on becoming a human design reader, which Alexis already is. She is 26 years old. She is wise beyond her years. I was in awe during this interview, just listening to how well-spoken she is, how thoughtful she is, and how intentional she's been about every single decision that she's been making in her life over the past few years. We talk about some really fun experiences that she's had and kind of how you decondition yourself. She goes into so much detail about how she has curated her Instagram to basically take advantage of the algorithm so that she's fed messages that she thinks will better resonate with her mental health and with the messages that she wants to receive on a daily basis, which I think is so smart. And she just talks a lot about some of the incredible synchronicities that happened for her when she was on this solo travel trip across the entire United States. And yes, I said solo trip across the United States because that is what she did. And that was one piece that I had to hone in on as someone who has never done that myself. I was so intrigued about what that actually looked like for her. Tell me more. What does this process look like? How do you decide that you want to follow that pull? We go into all of that and more. Alexis is a fellow podcaster as well. I most recently was on her podcast. I'll make sure that there's a link to it in the show notes in case you want to check it out. And she is also a human design reader on the Sanctuary app. I had never heard of the Sanctuary app, but if you look it up, it's actually incredibly cool. So you can get live one-on-one readings with experts and she participates in this and gives readings to people that way. You can also book a human design reading with her through her Calendly and I'll make sure that that link is in the show notes as well in case you're interested. She is so honestly just amazing. She's got the best energy. She is so lit up about living her life in the way that makes the most sense for her. And I think we all can learn a hell of a lot from her. So I hope you enjoy this episode and thanks again for tuning in. Hi everybody, welcome back. I'm so excited today. I have a new friend that I've made through my human design course named Alexis. Alexis is also a podcast host. We have about a decade age gap in between the two of us. So I feel like we kind of met each other in different phases of life, but it actually has been such 
a really fun way to kind of connect and talk about the things that we both love, like human design. Um, Leah McLeod is kind of our mentor right now in our human design course that we're taking. So we have the opportunity, and that's actually how we first met, was in one of the very first classes, and then we were paired together. And now we've been able, I was a host, or I'm sorry, I was a guest on Alexis's podcast, which was so fun. I'll link that into the show notes. But Alexis, I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself. Tell us about your podcast and also just who you are and what you're doing in life. And again, thank you so much for being here. I'm very, very excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. And that question never, ever gets easier. The tell, tell us about yourself. Um, I feel like my life has taken a lot of different turns in the last couple of years, but to start from the very beginning. I'm from South Dakota, a very small town. I graduated high school with 48 people. So if you can even oh my gosh. imagine how small everybody knows everybody, everyone knows everything about everybody. Um, definitely think that's where my, <laughs> my, my people pleasing tendencies came in. Cause like everybody knows who you are. And anyway, we may or may not get into that, but I most recently traveled across the country alone. I traveled from South Dakota, which is for anybody who's not familiar with the geographical location of South Dakota, um, close to Canada, kind of in the center of the States. Yeah. So North Central. Um, so I drove all the way out to California and did Highway 1 and National Parks and just really needed to satisfy that free spirit. And I didn't really know where that was coming from because I grew up very perfectionist, type A, follow the path, complete the things and you'll get the compliment, you'll get the achievements, you'll get the high praise. I know what I'm doing. I was always told I was an old soul. I'm mature. Um, just all of, all of that. And so I graduated college and kind of saw this blank space on my calendar and had no clue what to do. I definitely spiraled into a a little depression that I never called depression, but I'm like, if there's anything that I've experienced close enough to that, it was definitely in that time after graduation where I just felt purposeless and didn't know who I was outside of that structure and outside of other people telling me what to do. Um, so that's what really spurred my travels. And I know that we're going to talk about that a lot here today, but I knew that I needed that space to discover something. I, I felt this push that I just needed to go. And I had somehow within me the wherewithal to look at the people that I admired on social media, the YouTube videos I was watching, the content I was consuming. And I just took a step back and was like, hold on one friggin' minute. I'm looking at all of these people that are traveling the world and living on boats and and moving abroad a, on a moment's notice and living in vans and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, why am I sitting on my couch watching these videos? Like, what is it about this that I really admire in these other people? And how can I bring those qualities into my life? And that was the first question that I really dug into journaling. That was also the beginning of my journaling journey, <laughs> um, was asking those deeper questions about what I really want out of life. So that's where travel really came in. And there's been so much self-discovery along the way, but it had to do with like shifting and figuring out who I am outside of that structure that most of us grow up in. So a little bit about me. I'm also going back to kind of the factual things. So from South Dakota, I'm 26 and currently living in Minnesota and working at a health and fitness club. It's the most recent adventure of mine. So we'll see mm -hmm. how long I stick there and what comes from it. But 
yeah, I'll let you kind of guide. I'm not sure if that was a very great introduction. It's all over the place, no, but it's beautiful. Awesome. I think I have a, a few follow-up questions for you, but first, like, thank you. That was a really good overview. And I think I told you when we were on your podcast, I was like, you do seem like an old soul to me. Like I can just feel it. It seems like you've been here before in a weird way. Like Probably. even if you feel like, even if you feel like you don't know what you're doing, I feel like I have full faith that whatever you're going to do is going to be super successful. And you talked about one thing that I think a lot of people experience, but they don't act on, which is feeling that pull. Like I should do something different or I need to get out of here or I'm hungry for this. Like, what did that feel like for you? How did you follow what that felt like? Mm, that's a really good question. It was spurred. There's this one story that comes to mind. I was waitressing for two years after college because that's what I always did in my summers off. It was an easy thing to fall back into a job I knew well. And so I was waitressing and it's the same thing every day. And that was okay for a bit. Like, I just want to live. I don't want to apply to jobs. I'm so stressed out with all of this pressure. So I'm just going to waitress. And so I went and did that. And then there was just this day where there is almost a snap. Like I remember it so clearly that I set down a burger on a table, said, here you go, sir. Here's your burger. Kind of, is there anything else I can get for you? And there was like this moment of clarity for me that was like, you're going to sit here and hand people food forever and ever and ever for the rest of your goddamn life, unless you literally decide to quit. And it took me having that snap realization and going home and that just kept playing in my head for a couple days. And I was like, okay, I need to quit this job ASAP. Like I need to get out of here. I don't know where I'm going. What could I possibly be interested in that I get to try to try to do? And so then after that, that kind of followed the me looking into my social media habits, like the people okay. I admired and all of that. So that was the snap. And then the process afterwards was really assessing what am I drawn to? Not what am I good at and what do I do every day? How can I make money? None of that. Just like, what do I admire that other people are doing that I want to do for myself? So that was kind of the path and how that opened and revealed itself to me. One of the things I wanted to ask you about from your travel journey is it seems like it obviously taught you a lot about yourself. Are there any specifics that come to mind? Like travel taught me this about risk taking or about trusting myself or about trusting my intuition. Like I can imagine when you're traveling alone that at times you might feel like, I have a gut feeling that I shouldn't stop at this gas station. So I'll find the next one, which is like women's intuition, but also just the really listening to that inner voice. Did travel help establish that for you? 100%. So like I was saying with wanting to change my personality, essentially, I just kind of got fed up with the part of me that wanted to accomplish things that other people told me to do because that wasn't coming anymore. Everybody just said, hey, congrats, you graduated college. Now, what are you going to do? And they, the one thing they don't teach you in college is how to make your own fucking decisions. Sorry, swearing no, on here. But... This is a swearing podcast. Okay. <laughs> we don't, like, they prepare you to solve everyone else's problems, but not how to like make a life for yourself. They don't ever ask, like, what do you want? Mm -hmm. um, the only time you're asked that is when you choose your major and then you feel I, in any way, felt stuck in it. And anyway, I have an apparel design major, a fashion design major. That's a whole nother story. But traveling, I knew that going by myself was super out of my comfort zone, number one. Uh -huh. my, my family 
laughed. I remember my dad saying, he's like, you hate driving and you hate the outdoors. Why are you going alone, driving across the country to go to national parks? It makes no <laughs> sense. It's, it's not who you are. And it's, that's how I had been. I was like, it's not who I am currently, but it's who I'm going to be because I'm, I'm leaving and I'm going to do it. And I want to change that. I want to be an outdoorsy person. So I'm going to put myself in the great outdoors. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it was, it really took honestly putting it on paper. Like what are these people doing that I'm looking at every day that I love? I'm obsessed with their accounts. I watch their vlogs. They were all van lifing. They were skydiving. They were hiking. They were seeing really cool things. Every day was different. And I just knew that I needed to do that to teach myself also that I could rely on myself, that I could make my own decisions, that life does go on if shit hits the fan, Uh um, that I don't have to put everything in my Google calendar every, every day and have it color coded and mapped out because I was that girl that had everything scheduled to the minute. And not having that, having the empty calendar was really stressing me out. So traveling made me comfortable with the fact that things can change on a dime. And I will say that in order to appease my fears a little bit, the first couple of weeks I did plan to a T. I knew exactly when I was leaving. I knew where I was sleeping. I knew how many days I was staying somewhere because that got me to put the car in drive. Uh So I did deal with those fears in a productive way. And that's when I started talking to myself a little bit more like, Hey, I'm feeling this fear. What am I afraid of? How can I take care of that? Almost like a little kid. Now I know a lot more about neuro-linguistic programming. I have a certification in that. I'm into human design. I'm much more into spirituality. When I first started traveling, I wasn't into all of that stuff. I had maybe drawn a couple tarot cards in college, but and I read mindset books, but I wasn't into it as much as I am now. So it definitely escalated on these travels and that self-reliance, mm-hmm. really finding that inner voice. Um, but I do highly, highly, highly recommend working with your fear and using it as a tool rather than letting it use you. And it taught me a lot about that. What are questions that you ask yourself when you're identifying a feeling crop up that you either want to work through or that you're realizing like, this is not part of my like truest self. This is a conditioning. Like this is a moment of conditioning that I want to recondition. What questions do you ask yourself? Because I I've found that Sometimes it takes up to four questions of those why questions. Why do I feel that way? Like, why, you know, why am I experiencing this physical sensation partnered with this emotion? So are there questions that you ask yourself that you've now been able to like identify when I feel super anxious, I can ask myself a few of these questions. Absolutely. And I learned a lot about that in my neuro-linguistic programming life coaching training, the most common question is why? Why, why, why? And mm-hmm. think think of how you feel when you have to defend yourself. You're doing something and someone says, why are you doing that? I bet you can even feel that bubble up in your body, like the defensiveness. You do that to yourself when you ask yourself why questions. Like, I'm feeling so stressed out. Why am I so stressed? And it's like, because I deserve to be stressed and, and there's so much shit going on. And it's more that that anger and frustration that bubbles up when you say, why do you feel this way? Instead of what is making me feel this way? Like what is happening at the moment? What can I change? What am I in control of? I really use, honestly, the word what will change your entire life. Asking what instead of why, because why is defense and what 
provides you with solutions. So there's a lot of variations of what questions you could ask, but that's what I go to first is really acknowledging that emotion. Okay. I'm feeling scared right now. I'm feeling stressed, that fight or flight. What exactly am I afraid of? What is the worst case scenario? What is the best case scenario? Um, what can I do more moving forward to make the situation better? But I'd say what is a power word? Hmm. That's super interesting. I have never heard it described that way, but you're right. When you, when someone asks you, like, even if you were to explain, I'm going to go on this road trip, why would you do that? It's the same sort of thing. Like, instead of what are you hoping to gain from this experience? Like exactly. it creates, you're, it's almost, I, it almost makes me think of, I feel like I've been reading a lot of the masculine versus the feminine and how we have both of those parts, but we're not used to adopting the femininity within ourselves as much like that sacred womb space it almost feels like the why questions are the masculine like it's almost like more of this aggressive sort of questioning but it counterbalances the goal of like connection or getting to the solution so i love that that's really interesting Mm -hmm. i had never heard that before and the craziest thing is that when you decide to do something different in your life it's really funny because the idea of it, everyone supports like, yeah, I want to travel the world. That would be so great. must be nice. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine if we just booked the flight today? And then when you actually do it, there's going to be people that come at you and they're like, why would you do that? What about work? What are you going to do? What about the money? Aren't you scared of getting kidnapped? Aren't you going to be taken in the desert? What if your car breaks down? What if like the amount of times I was asked by other people, aren't you scared to go alone? Aren't you afraid to go alone? And what I learned more than anything that, I mean, I already believed this going on this trip, otherwise I wouldn't have, is that most people in the world are kind. And I believe that humans are meant to be interacted with. Duh. We're in a, that's the universe we're in. We're supposed to talk to people, even though people don't because of social media. Anyway, that's a whole nother rant, but, but it forced me to interact with people. It forced me to ask for directions and ask for help and say, Hey, I'm new here. What's a good restaurant in town. And that really allowed things to unfold because I believe most people are kind. And the response I got from friends and family and acquaintances that I would tell I was traveling alone was that fear response of, Mm -hmm. isn't that town dangerous? And I'm like, things can happen in your backyard. It is what it is. So you can either choose to live in your house with your backyard all locked up, or you can go out into the world and just trust that the best is going to happen for you. So I chose the latter. And I'm so glad I did. But yeah, you'll be met with so much outside resistance and you really have to keep that bubble around you. Um, I definitely made sure to fully decide I was doing it before I started talking to people about it. Yeah, that seems smart. And did you do that to kind of protect what that like sacred ideation part of it before you were like, okay, the, the plans have been made, like it's a go. Absolutely. Because I knew that I would, I journaled so much before doing this, but I was still seeing that fear come through. Like, what if this happens? What if that happens? Um, Which gave me opportunity to say, okay, if my car breaks down, like, what am I afraid of? A lot of it was changing a tire. That's actually a funny story. I had my, I went up to my grandpa one day. I was like, I'm traveling. I don't know how to change a tire. Can you teach me? He taught me how to change a tire and then that fear was gone, obviously replaced by a new one, of course. Mm -hmm. 
but at least I learned something new and I felt capable and prepared. And that fear was like, okay, cool. We checked that off the list. Your fear is there to be a companion. And, and so I started treating it like that. I started writing down every fear that came up and made it a checklist to figure out what I could do to resolve it. And then before I knew it, I was like, no, I'm not scared to go on the road. I'm fully prepared. I got this. And if not, I know that I can rely on myself to figure it out. One thing that you might not be making this connection, but to me, when you're talking and any other mom listening to this is likely going to say everything that you're saying also 100% ties to motherhood. And the fact that you have all of these irrational fears about like, is my kid going to fall down the stairs? Is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? Are we going to get hit by a car when we drive home and with them in the car seat for the first time? And it's a similar thing that you have no choice to face. And that's why I feel like a lot of, a lot of times, like people that become moms for the first time are overwhelmed with occasionally postpartum because there's a lot that just isn't talked about, about that fear mindset that we're all conditioned to have, but we don't really have many discussions about it. But I want to dive into your NLP training a little bit because that seems like it taught you a ton of fundamentals that honestly, like for being really young, I feel like you have a lot of insight into just the human condition and how you have taken whatever your unique human condition is, like how you were raised, you know, the conditioning in which your success was framed for you, but also how we talk to ourselves and others and how we use, you know, words to prompt ourselves to better understand who we are and why we're functioning in the way that we're functioning and how others can then kind of overcome things. What, what is it first of all, and what drew you to it? So the main focus of my coaching training is neuro linguistic programming. So breaking that down, neuro meaning the brain, linguistic meaning language programming, how you understand and comprehend that language and how that affects you. And <clears throat> It, you know what, this is kind of when I started following my intuition a bit more because it, that's one of the things that didn't make sense. Why did I sign up for this training? I happened to be in Italy at the time visiting my friend Carly, who's the co-host mm -hmm. on my podcast. And I had gotten an Italian SIM card, which changes your feed. It brings up feeds from like content from Europe when you get a European SIM card. Anyway, so how I found this program was through that new SIM card, bringing up a person on my Instagram who I then followed up with and talked to about it. And then I signed up. So odds are if I stayed in the US and didn't go to Europe, I would have never oh. done this training. Crazy. The way things aligned, I'm not surprised anymore. But at the time it was like, boom, 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 boom. How is this all falling in into place? But it interest me because I had heard about coaching for a while and I was doing social media management for a therapy clinic in my hometown. And, um, the main therapist was my mom's friend slash my friend. And she kept mentioning coaching and I had a skewed idea of what it was. I was like, I don't know if I would want to do that. I don't, I don't really know what it is. And so the more research I did, I was like, okay, maybe coaching. And then I found this program and it just, I didn't understand any of the stuff that I was going to learn. I looked at the whole list of things like <laughs> hypnotherapy and EFT tapping, energetics, didn't understand any of it. It was actually very out of my comfort zone because I was still at that time dabbling in the idea of like energetic fields mm -hmm. and I was getting com more comfortable with meditation. I was still just kind of dipping the toe, but getting ready to step foot in, you know? 
But neurolinguistic programming is so cool and specifically used in the hypnotherapy that I that I learned because it allows you to bypass that part of your brain that gets that defensiveness to the question when you're trying to dig deeper and get past. And this is facilitated by someone else because if you're really open and, and good, decent at questioning, I think you can get pretty deep yourself. But for the most part, your subconscious will block you from the answers that you need because the ego and the subconscious just want to protect you. So the ego wants to um, protect your idea of yourself and who you think you are. So any of that crap underneath that's holding you back, the ego's like, no, none of that. We don't do that. No, you're perfect. We're fine. We got this. Mm -hmm. And the ego's like, whatever. It will never admit fault to itself. So the ego's doing that. Meanwhile, the subconscious is deleting, distorting, or generalizing everything that you've been through. So you might reference an event in the past to help you with this present situation you're in, but you deleted parts of it that were uncomfortable or deleted parts that the ego was like, that's not who we are. So we were actually being very nice to them when actually you were being kind of a bitch to them. And so it, that's also distortion. So you might delete parts of the conversation, distort what actually happened, and generalize also, um, like generalize like, all men are shit, you know, because of your mm -hmm. one shit. That's a yeah. good generalization example. Um, so your mind is always doing that just to protect you. And it's not your fault. People don't do this on purpose, but understanding NLP and being able to use the hypnotherapy in goal setting and um, like timeline therapy, going through your life and kind of finding the source of your fear or the source of this anxiety. If you do, like, Sometimes you don't even know. I'm just stressed out. I don't know why. Uh -huh. And so it's a really cool way to go back and be like, find the origin of this and like go in your your psyche a little bit and figure out where it's at. And then at that point, it feels very magical to me because people are like, well, what if it's all made up? I'm like, what if life is made up? Okay, dude, I don't care. If, uh -huh. if I use hypnotherapy and the words I say reach you and it helps you release a fear you've had for years... I don't fucking care if it's made up. I it yeah. works. It completely works. And yeah, anyway, such a cool tool. Yeah, no, I love that. I feel like I need to look into that more. It also it kind of reminds me of like if you were to have someone ask you prove to me like that God exists or prove yeah. to me that the universe is listening to me. Like you can ask for signs, but then if you like when I ask for signs from my spirit guides, I get them like the angel numbers that I still see all the time. I've been seeing them for months on end and they continue to kind of change and evolve for different messages that I need to hear. I also bought tarot cards, which I wanted to tell you about because I've been using that no also. Like um, recently? You just yes, bought that? super recently. And I think I've pulled for myself now maybe, maybe only three times, but I've only pulled one time where I focused specifically on a card for my body, my mind, and my soul. And then, you know, out of the whole deck, like determined, okay, these are the three that I'm drawn to. And then like read for exactly what they were. And it's been spot on, like since, I mean, since we started talking about it, honestly. So it's not something I want to like really make sure that I'm intentional about it and put some of the practices in place to like make it feel like a, a, I guess intention is the best word. Like I want it to be a really intentional practice. So I'm not just pulling randomly with no, with no meaning behind it. So 
anyway, it's, it's just interesting because I feel like there's a lot of, even for myself, there's a lot of, I want the proof in something that is impossible to explain or impossible to see. And that's like a little bit of what I feel like you're also talking about here. So I, I just feel like all across the board, some of the things that have been coming up for me in other ways are kind of being pulled open in this discussion, which is so crazy to me. I love that. So wild. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you something because, so, well, I guess I have a few, but what you've had like a lot of experiences and chances to kind of better understand yourself that I feel like most people who are 26 have not. So if you had to look and five years ahead, do you have goals? Do you set future goals? Or are you now in a place where you understand that life will unfold in the way that it's meant to unfold for you? And it's good to have things that you want to maybe manifest or focus on, but that that goal setting, can it be inhibited for you? How do you approach like what's next for you? It's funny that you bring that up because Carly and I have been discussing it a lot recently. She just got back from Sattva yoga teacher training in India and her instructor and guide had advice that I feel like I've heard in in more ways than one, but he said, long-term goals is just setting yourself up for setting yourself up for failure because life does happen. And Mm -hmm. so, um, and the universe might have bigger plans for you. So I used to set super super structured, like I'm going to the University of Minnesota, I'm doing apparel design, I'm completing this in four years, I can see myself working for a corporate company, like really clarifying that path. And I think that was easier because that's just what I saw other people doing. So it was already a path that was well-worn. And that's where it got scary when I decided to do things that I hadn't ever seen anyone in my personal life do. Yeah, I'd seen influencers do it and other creators do it, but that's not somebody you can actually call up as a friend and be like, Hey, what happens when X, Y, Z happens down the road? Anyway. So that really helps me get more comfortable not having the future planned because I literally sometimes didn't know how many days I was going to spend in a city. If I met people and made plans down the road, I would stay longer. If I didn't like the city, I would get my car and leave. So Since going on that travel adventure of mine, I've gotten much better at living in the moment and letting things fall into place because the things that fell into place on that trip are just also like impossible to explain. That's what I was thinking of when you were describing that because how can I explain that whatever magic the universe is putting, sending my way is working, everyone is just going to say, oh, it's a coincidence. But I need to tell you a, a little story of oh, please. visiting New Mexico. I didn't know anybody in the state of New Mexico. And I also, like I said, on my whole travels, like didn't really know what weekends I was going to be where. It was all kind of random depending on how long I stayed somewhere. And the weekend I was going to drive through there happened to be the Hot Air Balloon Festival. Have you ever seen photos of that? Where are they oh like? Gosh, yes. Yeah. So just happened to be that weekend which was awesome because I wanted to go. Not awesome that hotels were completely booked out and there was nowhere to stay. So I was like, you know what? I'll skip it. It's not that big of a deal. I don't need to go to New Mexico. But my grandma's neighbor, I was staying with my grandma in Tucson. Her neighbor was from Albuquerque. Her niece still lived there. 
she called her and said, Hey, there's this girl traveling through. Yeah. She, she seems like a decent human. I trust her. <laughs> and so, um, her niece said, we hate it here over the festival. It's too busy. We're leaving. Our house is empty. It's yours. If you want to stay. So no way crazy. And then it keeps, it gets better. I drove to Albuquerque, stayed in the stranger's house. She met me there, showed me the code, showed me where everything was. And then she left. So I had this house to myself. Then I decided to book a ticket to the hot air balloon festival alone. And then also my grandparents were like, my grandparents, so sweet. They're like, we met this lady at church in Albuquerque one time and she gave us her number for the tram. Anyway, she's, they're like, you should message her. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be a bother, you know? Like, I don't know this lady, but this whole trip, I just kept pushing myself out of my comfort zone because if people don't want to help you and don't want to talk to you, you'll know. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, people love being asked. So that was something to get over. That Minnesota nice, the Midwestern, like downplay your needs thing had to go out the window. This lady gave me a ticket to the tram that was sold out. I got in line. And it was a two-hour wait. And I said, you know what? I have nothing to do. I'll wait two hours. Five minutes later, they said, is there a single rider that wants to hop on the next tram? I skipped the whole line. I went up to the top of this mountain, like had the grand old time, like took pictures on the tram down. I met these people, kind of introduced myself, said goodbye. I'll never see you again. And, and went on my way. I went to the hot air balloon festival by myself in the dark at 3.30 in the morning and sat down in this football field of people and hot air balloons, thousands of people. And there were people chatting behind me and I was like, oh, Midwest, blah, 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 chatted. And they were like, Alexis, is that you? And it was the people I had met on the tram. Oh and my so the, God. And so the tram people invited me to wander around the hot air, hot air balloon festival with them all day. And just, so I wasn't alone and I got to make some new friends. And then after that, <laughs> it keeps going. I went out to eat at this place that was just recommended by everybody. It was, of course, completely booked out because it was busy. It was the festival. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I'll just ask the hostess where I should go otherwise because I'm sure she'll have a recommendation. And I went in and said, hey, is there room for one person by chance? And she's like, oh, yeah, the bar is completely empty. Everyone's here with their families. So I went up to the bar and sat there by myself eating, asked the bartender for recommendations and stuff. An employee was sitting next to me and he said, we have our own salsa canning factory in the back. Do you want a tour of it? <laughs> so I went on a tour. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is crazy. This, it's crazy of this salsa factory. <laughs> Albuquerque was just absolutely crazy. So all those things coming together. I just can't even explain to you, even on this podcast, like, how did that happen? Was it all coincidence? I, I cannot believe that there's 15 freaking coincidences in one day no. and that it's not just absolute magic. I, I have had don't... goosebumps the whole time you're talking because that literally makes no sense. Like it makes no sense, especially for your grandparents to have these connections in such a different part of the world. Mm -hmm. Like it, and for you to sit on this football field, you know, that thirty in the morning, that shook me. I was like, what? They, they said Alexis. And I turned around like, I literally know no one in this city. What the heck? And that wouldn't have happened if I didn't just turn to these people I was smashed into this tram with. I overheard them talking about Wisconsin and said, oh, ha ha ha. Like I went to Minnesota. They're kind of team rivals. 
So I just started bantering with them and engaging with the people around me. <laughs> people are meant to be talked to. You'll never know the cool people you'll meet. Mm-hmm. But anyway, magic. And that is you just so can't, wild. You can't prove that to anybody though. And ever since Albuquerque, I was full on like, things work out for me. They just do. I don't know how, but I am meeting all the right people at the right time. I don't need to plan out five years in advance. I actually literally can't plan out five years in advance because the universe might have better plans for me that I can't see yet because I either haven't met the person, I haven't done the thing yet that they know down the road is happening, they being the people, Uh (laughs) the people that are watching over me. But I just, I know. So long-winded, long story. No, that was amazing. I love that story. I, I don't, I haven't been, I won't say I don't, I haven't been recently setting such long-term goals because I just know random shit is going to fall into place that will either make my plans better or ruin the plans that I thought I wanted mm-hmm. anyway. That you thought you needed. Yeah. So I've just been going with the flow a lot, which has been very interesting in this first couple months working for a company again, because mm-hmm. They're like, where do you see your career going? What's your trajectory? Do you want a lateral move or a vertical move? And I'm like, I don't know if I want any of the moves, you guys. <laughs> like, is there a none of the above option? <laughs> like, So that's where I feel like it gets a little bit tricky mm-hmm. in following your gut and trusting in the universe. Because if you were to say, like if I were to probably say to my parents, if I had identified the things that I have identified now, I want to follow a path of spirituality. I feel like I'm being pulled to have these deeper connections and facilitate like the next part of wherever our humanity is going to go through some of these teachings and just through learning about myself so that I can kind of be, I don't want to say shepherd, but so that I can kind of guide my kids and my friends and no one in my family is spiritual in this way. So being able to kind of be like a pillar for that. I think it would have been like, that's nice to have dreams, honey, but like, that's not going to pay your bills. So that must be something that, I mean, obviously you have a job. It's not like you don't, but when you think about, and when you, people ask you like, what, like I just did, what are your long-term goals? And it's like, I have a, I have faith that whatever I could imagine is probably not even the greatness that's going to, going to be coming. Yeah. What traveling and really taking those two years to chase whatever I was interested in taught me because it wasn't just traveling. I I did all sorts of things like I was social media managing a couple accounts just to try it out. I was trying to create my own content. I was writing copies. So like learn like trying out writing, trying out like visual creation, photography. I bought I bought a camera that I've touched a couple times. I have a drone because I was like maybe I can fly drones, create content, make money off the content. Like I've gone down so many rabbit holes of what can I do with my creativity that's not apparel, not a desk job, that makes sense to me, but it all led me to where it was supposed to be. And also I've noticed in hindsight that all of those skills of all the random things that I tried are actually servicing me now in creating my own content, filming my own things, writing my own copy, um, even doing some graphics at work and you know helping people in that way. So all the skills that you have are for something. It might not make sense. I was like, why am I doing this NLP program? Am I going to be a coach? Mm-hmm. So then you get then you get people that are like, well, why'd you do that coaching program if you're not a coach? And I'm like, just simmer over there, Sally. Like it's my life. 
That um, brings up an interesting question for me <laughs> to ask you, because I feel yeah. like when, so I'm trying to think about exactly how I want to frame this, because I feel like some people don't realize some of the skills that they do already have inherently. And oh, so they're afraid to try something new that might potentially give them an added skill or an additional like point of view that they wouldn't have had before, but you've tried a bunch of different things because you were just drawn to them innately and didn't necessarily have to prove yourself the why. How do you recommend people, especially people in their early twenties, go about that learning process? Seriously use social media. We're on it all the time. Reverse engineer your social media. Why are you following people? Yeah. Why are you following the people that you follow? Like, so in order for me to do that, I need to go into like how to use social media correctly and correctly meaning in a helpful way, I guess, for your life and, and to help you make you a better person. Cause I feel like the way most people use social media is to just use up their time and pass time and, Mm -hmm. you know, get out of like, I don't know, the real world, whatever. Anyway, people use it as a distraction. And so if you can learn to use it as a tool, use, I can almost put money on the fact that you spend the most time with your phone out of anybody. I count my phone as one of my five best friends. They always (laughs) say that like you are the five people closest to you. Your phone is probably number one and you need to be careful with that. So the first thing that I noticed and I didn't even realize that I was doing shadow work at the time. Now I'm in a shadow work course currently. I'm, I'm diving into more of that. But this was a type of shadow work before I even knew what that was. I scrolled through specifically Instagram, if I just focus on that. There were certain people that would just give me the ick or like the judgment of like, why is she posing in a bikini like that? Oh my God, like that's so cringy. I could never do that. Or look at what are they saying? Why are they dancing like that? Any of those thoughts coming up are usually things that you either want or you're ashamed of in yourself. And it takes a lot of mm, awareness to admit that to yourself because your ego won't want you to. It'll be like, no, I'm better. I would never dance like that. Or, oh, it's it's inappropriate. Like inappropriate for who? Not for her because she's doing it. Uh Inappropriate for you. Why? Because someone else told you or because you really think that that that's it. Anyway, so – That's kind of how you can go into the questioning. But I started acknowledging what is it that I'm judging about this person? Is it something that I want for myself? Most of the time it was. It was like, I want to be confident enough to post a bikini picture. I still haven't done that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But I noticed cringing at that. And now I don't cringe anymore. And I'm like acknowledging like, oh, that's something that I want. Like I want to be confident in my body and like really show up in a feminine way. I just haven't in a while. Anyway, so there's either that you want it or maybe you just need to remove the toxic person. Maybe it's someone from high school, college, or family that judges you or that doesn't bring out the best in you. It's okay to just remove them. And if you feel like they're going to find out that you remove them, like just mute them or just take them off of your radar and cleanse your feed in that way. And I promise you it will make a world of difference. The next step I did was create that community because you said – you were saying that it can be hard when you're into this stuff and like your family isn't, or mm-hmm. you don't feel like you have anyone to talk to. And I, one hundred, I felt that way. Luckily, I had Carly in my life. I met Carly in college, 
And we've kind of been on this journey together and she's always been way more into the spiritual things. And now I feel like we're on more of an equal level, but other than her, I didn't have anyone to talk to. And I was not going to talk to my family about it. I grew up in a Lutheran religious household, not like crazy, crazy religious, but like enough where, you know, grandma freaked out at seeing a picture of tarot cards on my phone. Um, so I, created the community that I really wanted by interacting and using the algorithm to my advantage. I searched things I was interested in. I followed people who were doing things that I admired. And so that really started with following a whole bunch of travel creators and seeing where they were going, what they were doing, what tools they were using. And that has slowly shifted to then there were a bunch of coaches I followed while I was in my coaching program. And now I've purged those people again. And now I'm really... I'm really following a lot of people for their innate personalities and creativity and how they're showing up, not specifically the service they're doing. And it's a lot more about the people and like their vibe and like who they are in the world that I'm following right now. There's a lot of unique people that I have latched onto, but that's how I went through using social media as a tool to then say, Hey, I'm like the next time you follow somebody like an influencer or content creator, artist, anyone's, and you're like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm going to follow this photographer. Why? Like, what about them? There's that why question, but then ask what? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to follow them? What is it they're doing that you admire? Is it their style, the way they create? Is it the fact that they're a photographer in general and you want to take photos? What inspires you about them um, to actually hit that follow button? So that is how you can really use social media as a tool to identify what you're interested in because the algorithm knows knows you probably better than yourself Mm -hmm. so you can start using it in that way and it'll start giving you more of that positive content rather than the negativity that social media can can dive down into yeah the comparison is the thief of joy like quote rings Mm -hmm. really true when it comes to social media but i totally see your point i've gone through periods where i've tried to purge my feed a bit to focus more on people that are talking about like astrology which i'm super into right now or, you know, they're, they're life coaches or people like Leah who are focusing on human design and like providing actual tools, but also training that feels totally digestible, which I like. So, but then I also still follow some people that make me feel terrible because I'm like, oh, they've got it all together. They've also got two kids, but they're more fit than me or they're more this than me. So, but some people I just think have an aesthetically beautiful feed. And even if it makes me think some of those things, I'm like, it's just such a pretty feed. Like I just enjoy following it because I like how aesthetically pleasing it is. <laughs> even if I don't always feel that it's like the best necessarily for my mental health. But I do think that at times you have to kind of ask yourself the question, like, yes, they have a beautifully curated feed, but if it makes you feel like you're longing for something instead of feeling gratitude for what you have, then there's room to reconsider why you're following someone, which I think is the whole point of kind of what you're saying, like connecting mm-hmm. to the why and the what. Again, most of what we're talking about comes back to the why and the what. Yeah, that something came up when you were saying that you follow some people that have the the perfect feed and and they're, I don't know, somehow keeping it together while also being a mom, like certain things are similar to you, but their life looks so different. And I would love for you to ask yourself, anytime you're having that feeling of like, oh, she looks like this, but like I'm doing this. Has there ever been a time when you've posted a perfect photo of your family and your kid has been screaming in the backseat? Can they, can they coexist? Because 
it's always coexisting. They they're they have a really good content creation, but their kids still cries. Their kids still throws food on the floor. <laughs> Same yeah, with and they have like a team of twenty curating their feed for them. It's like it's all in context, obviously, mm-hmm. but I think it comes back to. It kind of comes back to the airplane analogy, which I'm sure you've heard, but it's like, put your mask on before you put your mask on someone sitting next to you. Like they always say like, put your mask on and then put the mask on your kid. And I honestly never understood that analogy when I was growing up. Like, why would my mom not just put my damn mask on first? Like I am her child. Like I I thought that when, when we would fly when I was younger. And now as a mom, I totally understand the difference of like filling your own cup and identifying who you are and all of the things that you bring to the table which kind of brings me to you've had you've gone through a lot of personal growth and you're exploring exploring certain things like you're doing shadow work right now how are you coming across all of these things and like what for you is the draw where you're like I want to do this or like learn more about this because we talked a little bit about tarot which I also want to ask you about but shadow work has kind of been the one for me where I've like kind of put it off because part of me is like, I don't know if I'm ready to go down that route because when people think of healing, I feel like they think a lot of some of the positive feel good stories. Like you hit rock bottom and then you find yourself. My experience is like, not like that where I was a drug addict living, you know, on the streets, found myself drunk in the bathroom floor and then turned my (laughs) life around. And like it, yours is not either, but it still is a journey to go through it. Like it's not always pretty. So how do you identify what pieces you're going to kind of start to pick apart? And by pick apart, I don't mean in a negative way, but just like, I guess, further intros, in, introspection into certain things. Like how do you say, I want to try this right now, knowing that it might be hard? Yeah, there were, okay, there's kind of two parts to your question that I'm going to acknowledge first. You asked, how do I decide what I'm drawn to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the second, then we'll talk about the shadow work course and kind of what got me interested in that. But the first, before I knew about human design, uh, I've realized in hindsight that I've been following my gut instinct. And I'm a 5-1 sacral generator for anybody here that is interested in human design. So I've learned to tap into that a bit more in being present on what does my gut feel like. And it literally feels like kind of a, a a fire in my in my sacral gut stomach area sometimes almost like a, a core in my in my center yeah. that's that's on fire and excited I also literally light up like a generator you can probably tell even on this podcast and my voice and my like when I get passionate about something it's very lit up so I've started to notice that about myself and then tying that with the trust that things come to you at exactly the right time has been insane. And I think back to the first, the first book that came to me personal growth wise was the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Like mm-hmm. that's the mindset I was in. And that was my senior year of college. And I was, it actually came from being so socially anxious that I, I was like, I hate this. Like I'm nervous to go out. I drink so I'm not nervous. And then I'm nervous about what I did when, or I'm anxious about what I did when I was drunk. So it's, and then that lasts for another day. And then we go and do it again. Again. And I'm like, this is (laughs) stupid, first of all. And that did, why that wasn't the end of my drinking era. I don't know that that has been a more recent thing for me. Um, I still drink just more consciously. 
And that was the first book that came to me. And so you can really tell in the order of the books and how I read them and how they started to come to me that it escalated. It was like the the subtle art and, and big magic and girl wash your face and all of those really viral, popular New York Times bestseller billboard mm-hmm. books that, that I they're approachable and they're really marketed. And then it starts to get a bit more niche, like psycho psycho cybernetics, which is actually NLP based. I read that book before I did the program. Like I did, I read that book when I was in Denver and then I went to Italy, signed up for that program like four months later. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just read this book that was all about NLP and never said it, but it was all about NLP. And it like prepped me almost for this program. I didn't even know what I was going to sign up for Like the way That's that crazy. happened, crazy. And then that, that program came to me, um, Tarot came to me through Carly. So I wouldn't say that that's something that I was like, ooh, what is that? Because yeah. she really introduced it to me. Um, journaling is something that popped in during COVID because I felt like my mind was attacking me, as a lot of people can probably relate to. Like, I was so stir crazy because I am an achiever. I'm an active person. I'm a generator. I want to do things. And I just kept having the, you're not doing anything. Life is wasting away. You're you're good for nothing. That Like, spiral. Uh So I started journaling then. So that tool came to me, came to me then, but it just starts coming almost through the algorithm. Like, and I swear life is an algorithm too, but it'll be more than one mention. So like shadow work was mentioned by the girl I signed up from. I I, uh, interviewed her on my podcast. She brought up shadow work. And then a few days later, a random person I was talking to mentioned shadow work and then someone else mentioned shadow work and I'm like okay I get it Uh (laughs) or and the same thing will happen if multiple people bring up a movie and they're like completely unrelated like not in the same conversation just you know a person at the gas station said have you seen this movie or like my then my mom calls have you seen this movie and it's like okay I need to watch this movie so I'm really starting to see where the patterns come in and I'm like okay maybe I should be curious about that thing because I I've gotten the message from different locations and I feel kind of excited to and intrigued by it. So that's how I I kind of decide what I'm going to try out. Part gut instinct, part repetition and being very like keep your eyes open, eyes and ears peeled and 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 see what comes to you. So then with the shadow work, I had already done some of that through the NLP course. It wasn't it wasn't called shadow work per se, but there was a good like entire week before I actually started the coaching training that we focused on ourselves first, because you need to know where like your biases are Mm -hmm. and, and what's in your subconscious before you can really guide anybody else, because you won't be able to help them where you're blocked yourself. So, uh, we did a lot of focus on that and it wasn't crazy deep shadow work, but it was enough for me to start asking those deeper questions. Like what about this person triggers me? You know, that is a shadow work question. Like what exactly? And it's deep, deep, deep shadow work to say, what about my ex family member bothers me? What about my best friend triggers me? What about like that gets uncomfortable because you have to cut, you have to, you have to cut the crap. You have to stop saying, no, but she's a really nice person. Like, no, Like, why does it piss you off when she says X, Y, Z and really get honest with yourself? And so I feel like I'm in a good place with, I'm able to acknowledge that the thoughts I have are not me and 
I don't feel like a horrible person for having the thought that's maybe not the nicest thing because it's a thought and your subconscious and your brain are just like constantly working to solve problems and your ego's defending itself. It's just a whole clusterfuck of different things. No, there. that is such a, um, uh, honestly, like a wise thing to understand. And you said something that I want to reiterate, which is you are not your thoughts because we're so conditioned to believe that if we have a thought that it must be reality and it must be fact. So if I were to have a thought, like you are a fat piece of shit, am I physically or literally a piece of shit? Like, no. <laughs> and am I fat? That's, you know, what is fat? Like, you know, it's all where I think people become stuck is when they have these negative thoughts that they view as this is my 100% factually based reality. And so being able to say and identify like your thoughts are actually subconscious patterns that you've created. You talked a little bit about like the neural pathway and just like, you know, neural in general, as we think about it, I I've had a lot of, and I've read a lot of books that focus on this, but it always makes me think, you know, those little kid toys that you used to see at the doctor's office where it's kind of like, it's a wooden plank at the bottom and then it has all these different colors that kind of twirl and up. It, you can move it has the beads. You can yes. like move the beads around it. Yeah. Yes. I know exactly it's what you're like, talking about. We're, we grow up with certain thoughts in our heads about ourselves. And then as we find that we're in the same situation repeatedly or the same situation keeps happening, like I knew that was going to happen. And then those negative thought patterns create whatever that cadence looks like. The beads are all going up but I would love for them to go to the left and to the right. Mm -hmm. So we have to be the physical manifester and creator of those new neural pathways by being able to just establish some of the nicer patterns. How have you done that with what you've learned so far in terms of being like nicer to yourself and calling bullshit on some of your negative thoughts? I'm so glad you asked that because there were two things that filtered in for like floated in for me. So Something that really helped me to start asking myself these questions and to get myself out of my own story, because people ask you all the time, even at the beginning of this, this podcast, you said, tell us a little bit about yourself. The way I described myself and told my story, completely different than the first time I did a podcast or the first time I introduced myself in college. You know, I used to say, oh, I'm like a very type A person. I'm hyper organized, like valedictorian, like you can all of that bullshit. And then, <laughs> then I went through the process of literally shifting my personality because I wasn't the person I wanted to be Mm -hmm. and change that pathway through that repetition. I wrote down the words that those travel influencers were to me. What about them did I admire? So that they were adventurous. They were brave. They were bold. They said what they wanted. They did what they wanted. They didn't always ask for permission. They just went for it. So I wrote down all these qualities. They're all things that I wanted to embody. And so there was dissonance there and having it on paper didn't allow didn't allow my ego to just like erase them. No, we we are brave. We're brave. What do you mean? We go on adventures to Target all the time. Like, <laughs> like what are you talking about? <laughs> so none of that. It's like, no, what does adventure mean to me? What does bravery mean to me? What does because an adventure for someone might be going on a week-long vacation at a resort. That's an adventure that's out of their comfort zone. Going on a cruise ship could be out of their comfort zone. For me, it was sleeping in the desert alone. 
that's an adventure because who knows what the hell is going to happen. That, mm-hmm. that felt it for me. That pushed my comfort zone. So you need to know your own definitions of what it is that you want and what qualities you want to have. So instead of just saying, I want to be successful, what does that look like? Yeah. Does that mean a house, an apartment? Do you want to own a yacht? Do you want to be free and drive in your Subaru and sleep in the back country? What, what does success mean to you? Because that's so different for everybody. So really changing that um, or focusing on that and your own definitions and then repeating to yourself, this is going to sound so silly, but no, but I, I want to hear it. actually repeating what you want. Like I am an adventurous person. I went out, I started saying I am an adventurous person before I started doing adventurous things. And then as I did it, I'm like, we're going on an adventure today because I'm an adventurous person. I am proving to myself that I'm an adventurous person. My subconscious is latching onto this pattern. So people actually started saying, oh, you're so brave. You're so adventurous. People would say that to me and it would like, I would feel myself tense up, almost like making those words bounce off of me. Like, no, no, I'm not. Like, what do you mean? I downplay it like, oh, it's really not that big of a deal. I really just like drive in my car all day by myself. And it's like not that big of a deal. <laughs> and, and and like, it's, it's really not. And I stay with family and I meet up with friends and like, I, so I'm not really alone. Um, and this downplaying of everything I was doing, I would shrink when people would say, you're adventurous, you're brave. And I stopped doing that. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I am adventurous and brave. And you know what? You can be too. You want to talk about how I did this? Because I would love for you to do it. Mm-hmm. And really just own those words. So if you feel your body actually repel from something, that's such a tell. Um, that's okay. You know, it's funny that you said that you wrote down the words because one of the questions that I, I was thinking to myself that I kind of want to end this on is I want to know how you describe yourself now because we started the episode with like, here's who I am. But we're obviously so much more than a brief, like one minute description, but inherently who you are becoming and who you identify with now versus like what you've told us. That was one of the questions I was going to ask you. And I feel like you, you gave us like a little bit there, but is there anything else that you would add as like, if someone were to ask just like as a whole, what describes like the essence of who Alexis is right now? Like what, what words come to mind? I want to say the word vibrant and I immediately want to downplay it and be like, yeah, but like not in the obnoxious way, but like, no, (laughs) stop it. Um, I like the word vibrant. I like that word for you. Someone told me one time, this was the, a compliment I will never forget because I was in high school and I had never heard this word before. This girl said that I was effervescent so I bubbly, bubbly. We're gonna say that word. Bubbly, but I didn't know what that meant. I literally had to Google effervescent. I had never heard that word, and it came from a junior in high school that said it to me, and I was like, "What the heck is effervescent?" Um, so that word has stuck with me. Um, but really, also believing that I am magnetic because that's my human design. But I never believed that about myself. I would look at some other girls in the room, you know, and and everybody wanted to talk to them just because everybody wants to talk to them does not mean that you're not magnetic. Also, if there's anybody out there that's like, I just don't have that quality where everybody wants to talk to me and and I'm the center of attention. I'm not magnetic. That does not mean magnetic. And you are, you are magnetic. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. magnetic, vibrant, effervescent. 
And I want to stick with that adventurous and brave. I want to continue to challenge myself to try new things. And this is not to say that I'm no longer that other person. There are clearly different phases of me that are all sitting on this bed with me right now too. Like there is little me, there is high school me that was sad and like, I don't know, going through her own shit. There's college me that was binge drinking and making questionable choices. Like they're (laughs) all here and they all got me to whatever place I was supposed to be. So I am still type A. Like there is that me in there. I still do plan. I'm the friend that makes the plans. I send Uh the calendar invite. I'm probably always going to be that person. I'm just going to be less uptight about it and not freak out if somebody cancels. Um, So I'm much more flexible. And I've just learned to trust myself and to trust that everything is working out in whatever way. And that does not mean that all at all times I am zenned out, like everything's working out for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I have to remind myself all the time when I get too in it. I called Carly the other day and said, Carly, I'm really in the simulation right now. And I'm feeling stressed that I have to do X, Y, Z. And we have a minute to sit together and be like, okay, do you really have to do that? Do you really yeah. have to? And, and pull yourself out. So it's a constant reminder and it's a constant practice and work. You're not going to just learn about your human design and do shadow work and ask yourself a deep question and be like gung-ho the rest of your life. It's yeah. a constant dedication to staying out of the the heaviness that the world likes to put on you. I love that answer. And I love all of those words. I feel we don't know each other super well, but I can totally see all of those words for you. I would add, can I add to your words? Sure. I'd love that. Um, I I definitely think wise. I for sure think wise. And I don't know why, but I've been doing a lot of digging into past lives. And I honestly feel like you've probably been here more times than I have because you just have this knowing about you. I would definitely say like vibrant. I, I see like energetic and, but by that, I don't mean just like enthusiastic. I mean, like you have a very calming presence to you and also just this way of being able to take a cons, like a very convoluted concept and make it make a whole hell of a lot of sense. And I see like, I'm a projector, but I see you as 100% being influential and wherever else like humanity goes, which I know that seems like a weird thing to say, but that's like one of the roles of projectors. And I know you're not a projector, but I see you as like being a a guide to many people. And I would almost say radical in the sense that you have to kind of be a little bit radical to be able to break the norms, do something that you believe and that you follow. And I don't know, I almost want to say like, and I don't mean this in a weird way, but like otherworldly, like, I feel like there's a lot that you're yet to uncover yet. And you're going to, and I'm like, I'm only 26. What more is there to come? Oh my gosh. I feel like there's so much more for you. And I can't wait to follow along and see like what happens for you and where you go next, because I really just feel like you have such a good vibe to you in general. And I can't wait for people to listen to this because I wish that I knew half as much as you know at 26 and I think that you've already just put yourself in situations to truly become the best version of yourself at a at an age where the best is yet to come for you so all the work that you've done for yourself right now is 
definitely setting you up for some serious adventure in the future, but you'll do something to connect people and help them see the best in themselves, which is a rare gift. So maybe gifted is another one that I'd add. Well, thank you. Those are words that I definitely wouldn't give myself. And that's the, that's the downplaying, like, humility part of things that I, I just have never described to myself in that way. So that was really sweet. Good. And that's my projectorness because I have the bird's eye view. So I can take, we can literally have a conversation and I'm like, yeah, wow, she's, she's so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but well, where can, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say we're, we'll have to have a call of our own, um, not recorded to just look at each other's charts because I think you would once I explain my human design to you and we look at our, my chart together, a lot of what you said would make sense. Oh, I love that. Yes, we have to dig into that more. I especially love when it's like you kind of get an intuitive, like, or an instinct on something and you're like, I'm just going to voice it and take a risk. And then it, someone receives it well. It yeah. is so special. So yes, we have to, we definitely have to look into that. But speaking of your human design and just where people can find you, tell us about your podcast tell us about your instagram handle i'll link it all in the notes but whatever else you kind of want to share about what you cover and what people might come to you to kind of learn and explore go for it yeah so i have the let it flow podcast that i record with my best friend carly it comes out on wednesdays usually i took a break last week that was the first break in 25 weeks and oh my god me too, I know. too. right Last week? You took a yes. week off? It was no last way. week was the first week I didn't post an episode in 25 weeks. No way. I yes. swear we're, we're the same person. I was, <laughs> I, anyway. I, I'm we sorry, need to, go on. That was just mind That's crazy. So anyway, normally you can expect it on Wednesday mornings. Um, Carly and I talk all about spirituality, mindset, definitely on more of the what do I want to say? Definitely more of the spiritual side of things. She went through the same NLP training that I did. So we, we have the background of coaching. She's currently living in Italy. So she moved abroad and has a, her own, whole story. So there's an episode where you can listen to our backstories and how she ended up over there. But you can listen to that on Apple or Spotify podcasts. And Instagram, you can find me at Destination X Alexis. I have a Calendly link in my bio where I do one-on-one -on -one human design readings. So you can definitely book one of those. I would love that. I would love to meet you. And also if you have any questions about human design and mindset, my DMs are 100% open. I would love to connect. And I'm the same name on TikTok as well. I'm not as active on there. I'm working on getting into a groove with content after starting this new job. So really working on that. Love it. I can't wait for people to check you out and follow along on your journey as you continue to just kind of grow and evolve. I'm tuned in for the long haul. So thank you again. I know for everyone, it's really late for Alexis right now. So I'm so jazzed right now. This is my favorite thing to do. Podcasting is my fave. Okay, good. Because I always get like sensitive to other time zones and we're not in the same place, obviously. So it just I would be I would be up late anyway watching Netflix. So let's be real. Okay. What are you watching? <laughs> I just finished watching the 100, which for anybody interested in like 
society, like the world being a simulation and sci-fi futuristic end of the world type of shows obsessed with the 100 there's seven seasons and it's done so you can binge it um it's pretty wild the whole concept was like mind-blowing to me anyway and then i just finished exo kitty on netflix because oh, i love yeah, seen, i love I've matching an, an intense that. show yeah an intense show with a, a rom-com is always yeah. my go-to it's like something heavy something light something heavy yep. something light. balance it's all about balance that's literally the yeah. goal of what we've been talking about is finding that balance yeah I can't okay. believe an hour went by, but I know. Thank you again so much. And everybody tune in, um, to Alexis's podcast, let it flow and check her out on Instagram. And thanks again.